Welcome to SickCast, brought to you by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path. Hello, Guru Fateh. Welcome to the SickCast. My name is Manpreet Singh. We are here with the Shabad of the Month, and today's Shabad is titled Jog Earned This Way. And with me, as always, I have Inikar, Inikar, Guru Fateh, been a long time. How are you? I am well, Guru Fateh to you and Guru Fateh to all our listeners. So I'm happy we're back doing the Shabad of the month. Uh, like I said, it's called Jog Earned This Way. And because of listener feedback, we decided to do it differently moving forward, which is we're going to say the Shabad in Gurbani first, and then we're going to go into the transcreation. So... Without further delay, let's listen to Gurbani verses of the Shabad, kindly recited by Parminder Kaur Chanana. Satnam Vaheguru Sahib Jiyo Suhi Mahala Pahla Ghar Satma Ikumkar Satguru Parsad Jog Nakhinta Jog na dande, jog na bhasm chadaye. Jog na mundi, mund mudaye. Jog na sinji vaye. Jog na khinta, jog na dande, jog na bhasm chadaye. Jog na mundi, mund mundaye, jog na sinji vaye. Anjan mahe, niranjan rahiye, jog jugat evpaye. Gali jog na hoi. Ek drist kar samsar jane. Jogi kaye soi rahao. Jog na bahar madi masani. Jog na tali laye. Jog na des tesantar bhave. Jog na tirat naye. Anjan mahe. Niranjan raye, jog jugat iv paye. Sat guru bhete, ta sahsa tute, thavat varj rahaye. Nijar jare, sahaj dun lage, gharhi parcha paye. Anjan mahe, niranjan raye, jog jugat ev paye, nanak jeevat yamar raye, aisa jog kamaye. Vajay paajo, sinji vajay, tau nirbho pad paye, Anjan mahe niranjan raye, jog jugat to paye. 
वाजे बाजो सिंजी वाजे तो निर्भो पद पाइए अंजन माहे निरंजन रहिए जोग जुगत तो पाइए वाहेगुरु जी का खालसा वाहेगुरु जी की फतेह Okay, we are back and I'm with Inikar. Inikar, please take it away with the transcreation of our Shabad. Thank you, Manpreet. So this Shabad is by Guru Nanak Sahib in Rag Suhi and it is on Ang on page 730. One reality realized by eternal perfection's grace. Jog is not attained by wearing tattered attire. Jog is not attained by carrying a stick. Jog is not attained by smearing ash on the body. Jog is not attained by piercing ears or shaving one's head. Jog is not attained by blowing a conch. Jog is attained by staying unstained amidst soot. Jog is not attained by talking who sees all as one is called a jogi rahau reflect jog is not attained outside mausoleums and crematoriums jog is not attained through ascetic trances jog is not attained by wandering through home and foreign lands Jog is not attained by bathing at pilgrim sites. Jog is attained by staying unstained amidst soot. When eternal guru met, then doubts crumble. Wandering stop becomes steady. Water flows naturally. Music plays within. Jog is attained by staying unstained amid soot nanak says remaining alive while being dead jog is earned this way horn sounds without blowing jog is then attained by staying unstained amid soot now manpreet in this shabad i have kept two native words um as is because i feel they cannot be translated so i want to explain the first one which is jog now jog is derived from the word yuj meaning joining or union it is one of the six um, orthodox schools of philosophy in the hindu tradition that seeks union with the supreme reality through body mind and breath control as well as through various postures so it's very formula based so therefore a practitioner of this jog is called a jogi or a yogi so the jog is actually one of the six orthodox schools of hindu philosophy um and you know that people don't realize that but uh, i wanted to take my time and explain explain that part and also keeping the words as is because if you translated them the translation wasn't coming out right 
So I said I want to use the native word. Um, so now I'm going to um, talk to you a little bit about the Shabbat. Now this Shabbat is extremely powerful at multiple levels and particularly in today's day and age when the yoga craze seems to be at such a frenzy. Like, so it's important for us to understand what Guru Nanak Sahib is enlightening us about uh, yoga, you know, yoga, yoga, union, yoga. What is it that Guru Sahib is wanting us to know? And there's another aspect which I find quite fascinating is that this Shabbat is revealed in the Sohi Rag. Now the Sohi Rag is sung at sunrise and it is the Rag of Love. It's a, it's a love that is so deeply drenched in the crimson color. And this is the rag, which is also uh, this rag, that Bani of Lamas is sung in this rag. Suchachi, Kujachi, Gunbanti are also composed in this rag. So Manpreet, I want to think of the Shabbat as a love offering, that this is being revealed to us with such love that Pacha is revealing to us the path to experience divinity, union, ikunkar, oneness with love. This is not a beaten down. There's not a do and a don't. This is being with love that is being revealed to you. So take it in that spirit. See what is being revealed to you. You know, this is one way how I personalize Shabbat. This is my relationship with Shabbat. And, um, you know, I share this with you because I often get asked, how do you personalize Shabbat? You know, how does it become personal to you? Well, this is one of my ways. When I say, when I feel that, you know, the rag, which rag it is being sung, when it is being sung, and what is Guru Sahib telling me to do? So um, now the focus of the Shabbat really is about the discipline of yoga itself, like yoga, which is now popularly called, you know, yoga. So I want to spend a bit of time on understanding what yoga, what yoga is, because so that we are all in on the same page. So yoga literally, as I said before, means joining, meeting, union. And the purpose of this yoga, this union, is to, to unite one's consciousness with the Supreme Consciousness. And so here we're not speaking about yoga for health or for flexibility or for weight loss. This is not that. This Shabbat is addressing the prevailing way that was prescribed. This was the way prescribed to unite with Supreme Consciousness with something which a high, with a higher entity. Like this was the only way to be able to be done. So yoga, I'm going to use that word now, is about systems, formulas, methods, uh, you know, what do we do in which form, the postures and control, very much controlling of the breath and focusing on one particular thing or a couple of particular things so as to experience something which, is, which you will not experience in your normal day-to-day -day life. And as you master these methods, um, it is said that you experience union according to the yoga system. And therefore, the so one who practices the, this form of discipline is called a yogi. Guru Sahib 
What does Guru Sahib do? He redefines both these terms for us, Jog and Yogi. Now, and he does it, which is outside of the, of the six, six, six Hindu philosophy systems. He says, this is not it. And this is a, that brilliance of Guru. He takes what is existing, the existing prevailing systems, and he redefines them. Instead of teaching somebody all of a sudden, you know, a new thing, he says, no, 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 yoga, yes, I understand that, but this is not what it is, this is what it is. So for, so for us, it's very important to understand that for um, what Guru is saying, that it's not about connecting one consciousness to something which is out there. It is, that is not what yoga is to Guru. Because the yogis, you know, they have this, that we want to get to a state of thoughtlessness, of numbness, of nothingness. And that for them is that supreme state, to be in that thoughtlessness. That's not the Guru's way. Guru's way is to connect them to Ekyunkar. And once you are connected to Ekyunkar, you operate in that consciousness, in that love, and you become a doer instead of just sitting out there and not reaching the state of mindlessness or thoughtlessness or numbness. So in the Shabbat, Guru Sahib clearly reveals that Job is connecting one's consciousness to the consciousness of Ekumkar, to that oneness, actually it is, and then operating and being in the world in that consciousness. So being very much a part of this world and not running away from this world. So I want to pause here, Manpreet, because that was, this was a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, it is, it is. And, um, you know, I'm thinking about how it's saying, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do these practices, you shouldn't wear this and uh, shave your head and all these things. And it even talks about, uh, uh, you know, breathing. And so why... So I don't want to say why, actually. The question is, even six today, how I think maybe they did not uh, understand the Shabbat correctly, but there's six today. I've seen them on TV. I've seen them on you know Facebook and media channels. We're like, this is how you sit when you do part now. This is not doing other prayers. When you do, this is how you sit. And this is how many times you should say this. And this is how you breathe. And this is how you say Vaigru. You know, and Guru Nanak is basically destroying that here. Yes. And that's the power mm. of Shabbat. And that's the power mm. when you know it for yourself. Because so long as you're being told by somebody else, you believe it. But once when you mm. read it and you internalize Shabbat, you know what Guru Sahib is actually doing. And then you put it into the context. Why is Guru Sahib saying this? What is that time period? What was happening at that time? Because we also know Guru Sahib went up to the Sids, right? Right up to the, mm -hmm. to the over there, and he speaks to them about it. So this is not a one-time deal. This is actually the practice which Guru has, you know, is encouraging. You don't need to be sitting up on the mountaintop. You need to be right here. What is it that you need to do? It's the mind and the strengthening of the mind and seeing what and then operating what. So... Um, you know, and there are two major uh, thoughts that are flowing in the Shabbat. And the one is comes out from the Rahau line, 
which is the reflection line, which is always the main line in the in the Shabbat. And it says that um, that yoga or yog or union cannot be achieved just by talking. What it means is by just giving a sermon, by just religious talk, by being intellectual and pontificating. That's not how you get to union. And yoga or union transpires when we bring the oneness within ourselves. It's that ik perspective when we begin by seeing all as one. Seeing everything as one, all be not only just human beings, it's the earth, space, life, everything. It is, it is actually when we are seeing one in every particle, you know, it's, and it's a state of being where the phrase tuhi, tuhi, tuhi just flows out of you. That means it's only you, you, you. That, that flows intuitively. You don't have to bring it on. It just happens because you're in awe of everything and you feel that you are part of this incredible creation so it is when you see that one you and in, then internalize that one then your every action and every word flows from that oneness so it is that what guru sahib is saying that you earn the title of a yogi then when you see act and your everything is in that oneness, in that ik. One who sees all as one and speaks the language of one, that is a yogi. So it cannot be just attained by religious talk. So all these, all these sons, Mahatma, you see them sitting on television, right? And <laughs> yep. pronouncing these sermons. And Guru Sahib, right, Indra, how is saying, no, 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 no. Do you see the one? And the question you need to ask them, are you seeing the one and all? Yeah, no, exactly. And all these things that are mentioned in this Shabbat, those are very easy things to do. It's easy to pierce ears and carry a stick and go to, uh, you know, places of worship and foreign lands and do pilgrimages and bathe and do it. That's easy stuff. Yep. But, you know, when you see all as one, now that is very hard to do. <laughs> That is very hard to do. All these other things are easy. And that's why I guess 99% of the world does that. Right. And so the second major revelation appears at the end of each party, each verse. In fact, it appears four times in the Shabbat. And that tells me how important it is. So, I mean, I look at this line as a declaration that this is a statement that Guru Sahib is making. Anjan mehe... That means union is attained by staying unstained in the midst of the soup. Anjan is stained, Niranjan is unstained. So what does that mean? What, are that, what is it telling me? It is telling me that I must live like a lotus in a muddy pool. And then the question, you know, the question arises, how does one live like a lotus? Or remain unstained. How do you do that? How do you stay Niranjan with all the challenges around you? And it's only possible when you're graced, when you see the one and all and in everything. Otherwise there is that conflict within you, there is a duality, there's them and us, there's me and them. It's when that finishes, when you're able to overcome that, 
And that's here lies the answer to that reflection in, in the Rahau line, which is that without the oneness approach, without the oneness perspective, without the oneness connection, union cannot happen. So, so important. It's actually critical to see the one, the ik and all. And that's why Pacha began everything with ik unkar. And in here, he's bringing us back to that. See the ik, feel the ik. And when you feel that, see that your every action, thought, word, everything will flow from that ik. And, you know, um, before I continue, Manpreet, I want to share my understanding. You know, there's another understanding about the yogas and uh, yogis in this. And it's important to understand that in, you know, what happens in the yoga method, because it is formula based and because it is so technique oriented, it is prone to causing one's ego to rise. Because what does a yogi do? You master one technique and then you go on to the next technique. So you're virtually moving up the so-called yoga ladder, if I may say so. And so that climbing up that yoga ladder becomes your primary focus, that how many techniques you can master. And with the mastering of these techniques, some of the yogis also get these siddhis, you know, these riddhis and siddhis, these magical powers or the power to see, the power to hear or the power to do that. That is because they are creating, you know, they are lightening themselves because they're so focused on that, just that one thing of mastering that other technique. But here Guru Sab tells us move beyond that. There's much beyond than hearing and listening. There's something far greater. So also the yoga method is because it's formula based, it leads to a dualistic attitude of the world, of the understanding of the world. There is them and us. And that is why one of the reasons that the yogis run away from worldly responsibilities and from the people, they want to be by themselves. And so focused on just getting to whatever place they need to get in to that, to that and climbing up that ladder. However, Guru Sahib's way of union, of joke, is love-based. That clearly Guru Sahib is saying that without internal transformation, without internalizing Shabbat, without, without attaining or without practicing wisdom, joke cannot be attained. It's very much working on yourself. So now, yeah, you wanted, uh, was there something you wanted to say? No, I am totally understanding what you're saying. The only line that maybe I'm not getting is the one, you know, the Nanak line of remaining alive while being okay, dead. So we, what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> so now we've gone yeah. right to the fourth body. I haven't even taken okay. you onto the, onto the three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, we'll get to that because that, that line had me like, okay, I don't know what yes, that means. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's a beautiful line and there are two meanings to it. And I'll come to that. But I want to now take you through to the from the first verse, the first pori, where, you know, in the first pori, what Guru Sahib is doing is actually listing all the things that were taking place during that time period. So he's listing them. It's not all the ritualistic acts, all the symbolisms, all the lifestyles, outwardly lifestyles of the yogis exhibit in order to attain yoga. 
He's saying this is not it. So he's laying it down for us. No longer is there any confusion of anyone telling you, no, you've got to pierce your ears or you've got to carry the stick. No, no, no. You know what Guru has said. So he, so Guru Sahib saying that, you know, yoga is not, yoga is not attained by wearing torn clothes, putting ash on your body, piercing your ears, etc. So how is it attained? And we go to that last line, which he says, union is attained by staying unstained in the midst of all suit. So, you know, that is, this that repeated phrase that comes at the end of every verse. And this actually is, by staying unstained, is a real state of love. When you're not touched by anything else. So, you know, what is love? Love is an internal state of being. And when one is in love, and I use the word is very, you know, strongly, is. One is is in love, then love becomes your primary focus. Which means that it is an actual state of love. Nothing in your surroundings can distract you or take you away from your love. And this is the love also which Guru Sahib is saying in every relationship that you, that, you know, you aspire to have, where your love is, and no matter what is around happening around you, or no matter what the state is, because you are in love, is, you are, is, and you are in love, nothing should touch you. Now let's think about if, if that is the way we know what love is today. No. We are in and out of it because love is a it's an internal state of being. It flows effortlessly. And it comes from a place when you have overcome your duality. So when you develop or you find or you're graced by this love, then these tendencies of seeing the one and all, those are your first signs of union. That yes, I am progressing. I know something is happening within me. There's a shift in the way I act, in the way I'm doing things. And honestly, I'm from my understanding, little understanding, but from an experience. Because this only can take place in love. In love, there is no duality. It is actually um, an incredible state of surrender and it's a surrender, a very loving surrender which is constantly taking place. And in that surrender, actually, you're growing more and more. You're becoming more vast. When we talk about surrender as we are giving up something or we are losing, I say no. It is actually expanding you that you are absorbing and receiving much more. So I don't know how else, I mean, surrender is the word we use, but I want to use the word loving surrender. But in the surrender, what we receive, what we experience is far, far greater than what we think we have given up. Because we've given up nothing. So, you know, you can ask, I mean, the question people ask me is, how can you remove the duality? Well, the duality is only removed when one internalizes Shabbat, when one allows Shabbat to chisel you, 
when you allow Shabbat to work on you and then you imbibe that wisdom and you walk in that wisdom and you begin to see the oneness everywhere. And then that is again going back to the Rahau line. So everything is moving us towards seeing that one, feeling that one, being in the presence of that one, connecting with that Ikumkar, the oneness. So in the second Pori, Guru Sahib is speaking to the practices of that time, that it's not, you know, what the, uh, what the yogis were doing by going into trances, by bathing, by going into all these uh, so-called sacred places. And Guru Sahib is saying, no, it's not, yoga is not attained that way. It's attained by staying unstained amidst of everything, whatever is happening in the world, don't let it affect you. So now the third party, I want you to look at it because I truly believe that this is the way Guru Sahib is revealing how to attain yoga, how to attain the union. And he says, when the Sat Guru is met, Sat is eternal, Guru, teacher, the taker of, right? So who for us is Satguru? It is the Shabbat. So it means when you connect, when you internalize Shabbat, and when Shabbat enters your consciousness, only then can doubts disappear. And when doubts disappear, the wandering stop. And I'm not talking about a physical wandering. This is that internal wandering that is because you found your anchor no longer are you going from, you know, no, you're there. You know exactly what needs to be done. You know you have found your anchor. You are actually truly home. And there's a safety and there's a contentment in there. Like you know, you don't have to look any other way. You don't have to look at any other path. You're there, you know it. Now it's a question of walking it. I mean, that's another story in itself. How do you walk it? But at least you know you are home. You know this is your home. And then, um, and then in this, in this pori, it says, you hear the music within. And what does that mean? It means that, you know, when you've, you're home, there is a sort of a serenity. And all that you want to connect with is the Shabbat is that sound, because that keeps you anchored. So you hear that within you. At first you're looking for it outside, you're hearing it outside, but now because it has entered your consciousness, it has it is within you. So what this means is no longer will you be swayed by the latest new age movements, what are coming, what will come, what are you know here, and no longer will you go to the thread and the charm givers. There's no need for you to wear any tagas, no need to get a mantra being put into your ear. At this stage, nothing external affects your internal state. And in the last party, we'll come to what you had asked the question, you know, remaining alive while being dead. What does that mean? So there are two ways I want to interpret that. One is, and they both flow from each other. There's nothing, it's not contrary. Um, one is looking at it as overcoming your ego and living in humility. 
being dead, being dead to your ego and being alive. It's only when you're dead to the ego can you really be alive. And the second one is stay detached without expectation or greed. You know, so without real, w- wanting something in return. It, this is even beyond the help because when we say, I want to help you, there is ego attached to that. But when you're in service, I'm serving you. I don't expect anything. That's the real way. And that joke is to be earned. This is the real way of joke. Kamaye, there's a word there, Kamaye. Kamaye is earned. So Guru Sahib is using this word Kamaye, which means it has to be earned. It's not going to be given to you. You have to earn it. There's effort involved. And, you know, nothing is earned without effort, without a discipline. So this is a practice. And when you have earned this kind of union, then the sound of the horn. Now this, the sound of the horn, the yogis play when they want to get into the trance, that this will take them into a trance and they'll be able to hear this music within themselves. So Guru Sahib is saying, no, this musical trance will happen intuitively without the need of any artificial inducement. You don't want need anything outside. Everything is within you. The music is within you. And yoga is attained that way. Now in the last line, look at that last line carefully. The three lines are the same, but the last line has one extra word in it. Tao, then. So after doing all this, Pacha is saying, if you do all this, then yoga is a yoga is attained by staying. This is this joke in the last line. Yoga is then attained by staying unstained amid soup. You have to earn it. And so the way for us is so clearly laid out. And this is what I love about Guru and I revere about Guru because it's so clearly laid out. I don't need to go anywhere. For a seeker, it is the Shabbat. Shabbat is the Guru. And that's all what you need to do. And this Guru has revealed, like if you want to experience your divinity, if you want to experience Jyog and connect with the Jyot within you, this is the way. See all as one. Internalize Shabbat. Live in the wisdom of Shabbat. Your doubts will crumble. Your doubts will disappear. You know, you won't, you, then you won't wander around. You'll be anchored. You know your place. And then that will enable you to rise above ego and live in humility and serve all as one. And when these virtues adorn you, you are then a yogi. Then the title of yogi. You can call yourself that, or people can call you that. So that was the very powerful Shabbat on yoga and yogi, so clearly laid out for us. And I felt it was really important to share the Shabbat, because right now everybody's giving their, giving themselves titles of yogis. And... I wanted to know, I wanted to actually find out for myself, what is Pacha saying about it? I was totally blown away when I, when, you know, 
I was delving into the Shabbat and the Shabbat was working on me. And I said, oh my gosh, Pacha, you've laid it out so clearly. How can we be so blind as not to see this? But that is what Guru does. Guru removes the veil of blindness. And when it when Guru removes the veil, it's only then you can see. You're right. And I think he's saying it in a nice way too. He's not saying don't go there and don't do these things. He's just saying that's not what union is. You know, he's not condemning it, but he's not he's just saying, Don't think you're earning your way, you know, to to be with the Konkar or something. This is just this is not how it's done. No. But isn't that what he told the Pandit, the Brahmin, the Janehu, isn't that, right? Mm. Isn't that what mm. he did in Mecca? The turn my feet yeah. around. So this is Guru's style. There's no condemnation. There's no don't do, you know, don't do this or you have to do this. There's not a do and don't thing. And that's why I call it a love offering. That, you know, yeah. make you understand lovingly. Yes, you want to do all this. Yes, you want to get there, but this isn't the way. And it's in Rag Suhi. Yeah. You know, when I think about, and I know you're a lover of heat and stuff, but when I think about it, I mean, I was very young. This doesn't happen to everyone, but I was like very young when I was introduced to heat, Anja, you know, and all that stuff and all the Punjabi love songs and stuff. So how do you... Uh, think about Ranja in this way. What was Ranja's focus? Love. You, what yeah. does Ranja tell, uh, tell Balnath Yogi? He goes to Balnath Yogi because he needs to be to attain certain things to attain here. And he does so well with Balnath that Balnath says, you know, you are move, you're moving up the ladder so quickly. I want you to stay here. And what does Ranja say? He says, if my goal was to be a yogi and to seek union with whatever your entity is, I would stay. But that's not my goal. My goal is here. Here is the only mm. one I love. He was very clear and he did everything he knew how to get to his love. So if he had to walk this path of a yogi to get to there, yes, I'm going to do it, but don't confuse me. I know what my end goal is. You can do the yoga exercises, you can breathe, you can you know, inculcate that discipline, but don't forget what your goal is. And don't get so involved in the techniques and the methods and go so absorbed, look at this what I can do and forget what you want really. Mm. And that's where we forget. We forget the, the end purpose and we get so carried away with what we can do with these powers or the way our body looks or the way we, you know, the posture, whatever else that everyone says, oh my gosh, you look great because, well, I do yoga, you know? So, yeah. so, <laughs> yeah. so it's, you know, it's at many levels, uh, you know, at physical level, it's also at the mental level, it's the same thing. Because mm. with this discipline, there is definitely, you keep, uh, there is a steadiness that comes within you there is something which is um, which you imbibe along the way. And this is what Guru Sahib always tells you, don't get attached to these things. 
because they will become obstacles rise above these things also this is not the end goal for us the end goal is to experience oneness to live in that oneness and to serve in that oneness we are not to sit up on a mountain top and do mantras while the world is burning we are very much living in this world serving in this world in the consciousness of oneness no this is no this is amazing this is amazing because he's saying a lot in this uh describing what union really is he's there's a lot of lessons in the shabad for sure well in for me uh, you know i i realized what he was talking about earlier about uh you know what jog is and what union is but a lot of six now you know this is a little argument in six and harinder says it in his uh lectures to you know uh what do you do now some people say you just keep doing kirtan and shabads and some people like no you got to go out and be activist and guru's like you got to do it all you know you should be doing you should you're right you're not going to be sitting on a mountain top and uh singing shabads you need to be out in the world and see oneness and then you'll start doing stuff in the world and that is how jog is going to be earned not just you know sitting alone and doing stuff selfishly or just for yourself you know and being an activist in the world is also when you are connected to shabad otherwise that activism is destruction is destructive yeah you know because you don't know what you're fighting for and what the what what it is i mean i see it it is the ones mm. who are connected the ones who are very clear their activism is very different from the ones who are marching down the streets and burning shops down is that a form of activism too but that's destruction yeah. you're right so where right. does where does the activism activist actually get that centering that centering must take place before you can go down marching on the streets because otherwise you won't know what you're doing yeah and your ego might get in the way as well absolutely you know uh, in this shabad is you know in the rahab particularly it is um seeing all as one you know seeing the one in all and seeing all as one i want you to just focus on that it's not the same this it's a subtle but profound difference seeing the one and all saryam it to see ek dekhte ho or seeing sab de vich seeing all as one sare ek hai gaya because seeing yeah, one and all is great mm. however there is still a separation right seeing all as one means we are all part of the one hence there is no separation yeah which brings togetherness family cohesiveness you're right you're right yeah very subtle but powerful yep. way to say so it. you know i mean and this is what guru does and this is what bani does the more you the more you are engaged with with bani with shabad it's like all of a sudden oh my gosh this is not this this is something else i mean i'm constantly learning every word i mean when i looked at the word kamai i said oh my gosh this has to be earned because we always say jab guru mehr karega you know we with grace and we just keep sitting over there but no guru is very clear this got to be earned so many many lessons in this shabad no no very a lot of lessons a lot of lessons in this shabad for sure 
And I didn't even know it was one of the six orthodox schools of philosophy of the Hindu tradition. You know, you just think Jogi is just like this one thing that people do and become wanderers in the villages of India, you know, and then go around and trying to get food from people and money. But uh, yeah, there's a there's a method here that Guru Sahib was trying to break in people and saying, no, 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 that's this is not the way. So. Remember, Guru Sahib went to all the powerful thought centers of the time because that, those were the prevailing thoughts. And he went to, you know, some people would say challenge. I don't want to use the word challenge. I want to use the word that he wanted them to rise, for them to experience their divinity in a way, you know, changing them, putting that into their minds that there's another way making them rise. It's not about one person. It's actually when you raise the consciousness of many, especially the ones who are the leaders, that's when the chain of the masses can come up. So he was going to those thought centers and having those discussions with them because those people had the followers. And so if the leaders yeah. were changed or began to look at it in another way, the followers would go along that way. So this mm -hmm. one, I don't even want to say person, one thought, one movement, such a radical way of thinking, of seeing the oneness, of living in the oneness, believing in the oneness. And honestly, that I am part of that oneness. It's very, very powerful. No, it is very powerful. That's what uh, we're losing sight on, you know, these days, especially with all the hoopla and the crazy world that we're living in right now, that who sees all as one is called a jogi, you know, and yeah, it starts at home, you know, it starts with us in our communities, gurdwaras, and, you know, even, I don't want to get into it, but, you know, even the uh, paisabs getting all high on their high horse and stuff, so, but this is... This is very good, very amazing and beautiful transcreation as always. Very, thank you very much for this, you and your team. Thank you. I mean, this is great bringing this to the limelight. Thank you. It was, you know, it's um, it's a joy, honestly. It really is a joy. And I can tell you the team, you know, when I was bouncing off ideas and I was telling them I was doing this Shabbat transcreation, they were all for it. They said, yes, this is what we need, you know. Just go for it. And I'm saying, should I be subtle? And they're saying, no, no, just lay it out there. <laughs> no, no, it's great. So there was nothing too subtle uh, on yeah. this one. This was in some places it was a bit harsh, but that but Guru was, you know, I'm just my understanding of the Shabbat. That's what I shared with you all. And I encourage you to listen to it and to just, you know, go through the lines because the transcreation has made it easier. Um, and then the words, you know, once you know that, uh, once you have the transcreation and you look at the original, it makes it a bit easier to follow the words as well. No, it does, it does. And I'm glad that you're not subtle either. In this day and age, you know, we don't need uh, anyone to, <laughs> we, we can afford to be subtle. We just gotta say it how it is and and then let people choose and realize and research themselves. So this is great. Kenikar, um, it's always a pleasure. And it's been a long time since we did this. So I'm, I'm glad that we're back and we're doing this now. And hopefully there's many more to come. Yes. 
I'm working on them. We'll bring you, bring them to you and our listeners as soon as they are ready. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much. You were listening to Sick Cast by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path.